You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on Grassroots Marketing with a returning guest who we actually had on April of last year as he was getting things set up with a new was a project which was building the first nation's first hotel chain where guests can consume cannabis on site and illegally licensed lounge, adding one of the most unique and exciting amenities in hospitality today. The Keystone location for the 420 Hotels Incorporated and the Patterson Inn. And joining me right now is the CEO and founder of the 420 Hotels. Welcoming back to the program, Chris Chiari. Chris, thanks for being back on. Thanks for having me back. So when we talked to you last time, we specifically spoke at length about the Patterson Inn and the setup. And one of the interesting things we talked about upon getting things set up for the hotel was how you were going to be able to go and have the, the hotel be cannabis friendly and be able to have smoking allowed. Well, that's... A st- an ongoing story right now when it comes to where things are going with getting all the things set up for approval for the HVAC. So the setup for the air conditioning, the venting system, and that has been something that's been worked on. I'm looking westward that talks about the story where most recently you added a, a, a lounge into the hotel, which has already celebrated its one year anniversary. And that's the, uh, the tavern. I'm looking back quickly. If the 12 spirits tavern that you have on, on site, congratulations right. on that. But Thank let's you. talk about this real quick about trying to get everything all set up so that you can have rooms in a hotel that will be able to coincide with other rooms that will not have any cannabis smoking on site. So remember, you're never going to be able to smoke in the guest room. And it okay. has first and foremost to do with the structure of state law here in Colorado that requires a cannabis hospitality lounge to abate in, in a sense, be proctored a lifeguard, someone in that space, able to observe, engage and interact with the customer that's consuming. That's by design. Uh, as far as the state, you also need cameras anywhere. That's a cannabis hospitality lounge. Then you also have to be able to lock it down or vacate it or make sure no one can consume in there after 2 AM. And right there, none of that works if the goal is to rent someone a room to sleep in overnight, because just the fact I'd have to kick you out at two o'clock in the morning and let you back in at 7 a.m. doesn't work. 
So what I've been working on and creating is that next step beyond cannabis friendly, which there are solutions being offered in the market. As a consumer, I hunt them down myself, but I'm looking to recognize that as another niche or segment, even in not just hotels, but in cannabis hospitality, there's a large segment of the consuming population, especially new consumers, older consumers, that really are looking for the legitimacy of license. And so I say that the legitimacy of license or that state issued and local issued license that no one has yet achieved, but very few operations. We've got one here in Colorado, but nothing in a big major city like Las Vegas or Denver yet, though several of us are trying, right? But what we're doing is creating the next level of the cannabis industry, which is cannabis hospitality. And cannabis hospitality, in my opinion, is licensed. And we've talked about Las Vegas for a while. I know there's about 50 licensees right now that are looking to go and get themselves set up. And they want to be able to set up before the major hotels. But the major hotel chains there, the Caesars, the Harris, they don't want to do anything right now with consumption lounges until after legalization. So there's right. They can't enough- touch it because of the gaming. 1,500 right. feet from gaming establishments. Is, uh, Which gives more than enough of a ramp for consumption lounges to be built and established beforehand and looking to do what you can now have you had any uh those uh, that have been looking to do consumption lounges to take upon what you've done at 12 spirits what you've done with the hotel and have you gotten a lot of outreach because of the publicity you've gotten for being one of these first establishments a year ago <clears throat> setting up hospitality in denver talk to me about what's been the the feedback from other business owners looking to get into the same field I've had conversations in other jurisdictions and everyone's running into the same thing. HVAC, HVAC, HVAC. Uh, my engineer has asked, let me get this through. Let's get this one we're trying to do through so they can even prove they have a path forward with what they've designed. Um, so it's, you know, one foot in front of the other and the horse in front of the cart. And here we are trying to slog back into a mature bureaucracy. And what I've ran into was just someone asking relevant questions, but the way we kept running into these new challenges that made every goal line a moving line has put us now into what um, to my inbox. It's now the fourth draft. I believe we are now there with an inline uh, filtration system where we can prove the removal of both particulates as well as volatiles, uh, the two measurements of filtration requirements in order to create safe, refiltered or recycled air. Uh, we're able to maintain a level of fresh air in the room that keeps everyone safe and, you know, breathing oxygen because that's, you know, important in any type of enclosed space, especially when it's negatively charged and designed with with the control of air at its core. Uh, all of these pieces, all of these challenges, I now have both studies that show the ability at load and capacity to what will be moving uh, to filter this air have uh, designs that show what this looks like and how large it'll be and how much space this HVAC system is going to take up in the room below my lounge. Uh, So we're there, but this has been the greatest and longest hurdle to get to where I am now has been finding, again, I had, and any of us can go and design HVAC systems that will meet the codes or standards that have been established here in Denver and that are being established in the city of Las Vegas. But there was just a piece on the local news in Las Vegas about one of the lounges, and they rightly went beyond just the cost of installing the system. They talked about the operating costs of those systems. 
And so it's one thing to put in a half million dollar HVAC system for a really large establishment. Uh, but when you start talking about another six to $10,000 a month in operating costs to heat and cool the amount of air you're moving, this becomes significant. My space is smaller, much more intimate at 950 square feet, right. but I'm still looking at an HVAC system that should be well over $100,000. And my concerns were even operating costs in the $3,000 to $4,000 a month range, especially in the peaks of the seasons just here in Denver. And those were my concerns and motivations to find recirculation. Recirculation is all about efficiency, that we're putting in mechanical systems that should have useful lives with these businesses succeed of 20, 25 years. And the operating costs of that equipment, the maintenance of that equipment, the cost of filtration has to be factored into any business model that's looking to incorporate cannabis hospitality. And it is now the reality that we can get the policy all of us policy people that have been working on this for years, we can fight and get the policy. We can get the wins at the state level, at the local level. We'll get it at the federal level at one point, but it will ultimately be rulemaking at whatever level of government, what that looks like. Uh, and that is unfortunately where these processes sometimes can get stymied. And here we are almost two years after Denver brings us along and still waiting for any of us to open in Denver. And we're all dealing with the same hurdle, HVAC, HVAC. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. 
For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well, because there has never been any real significant changes after all these clean indoor air acts, which we talked about in the last episode back in April last year, we mentioned a point of we used to have smoking and non-smoking rooms, but we can't go back and reverse that back again. And unless there's something that can be done, you know, it's funny. I'm, I've been, wa- been watching where I, this is off into a real tangent, but I always think of where Disney world, I'm thinking, well, there is a, a mosquito problem, pest control problem. And to try to curb that so that people can have a comfortable experience and not have to deal with it. And the kind of efforts they make to go ahead and make that happen. But the thing is, they haven't really given much. There, it's interesting where Colorado right now, there are vague regulations when it comes to consumption lounges. And if it would coincide with all these clean indoor air acts and what they're able to do and do where I don't know if they've gotten any real of uh, an issue so far where, I mean, you're making individually the effort with the HVAC issues to try to make something where you can go ahead and sustain, you can make the business where you want it to be, where it's not just the lounges. You can also do something with the rooms maybe at some point, but there is nothing that's out there where, Regulation doesn't really give too much of a guidance to it when they're trying to set up the lounges. And then here's the good news. Yeah, go ahead. We had a really uh, great piece on Denver seven uh, a couple weeks ago that ran all weekend. It was a five minute piece that really dove deep. And the person who was uh, running the segment, uh, Jessica Crawford was, uh, is a lawyer. And so the segment really went into where the city's stance on this is, what we've tried to accomplish on my end, uh, and some other uh, voices uh, around the topic, especially as it relates to some other jurisdictions. And luckily in Denver, they are being very specific. It's ASHRAE, which is this uh, international body that governs uh, air quality. It's uh, IAQ standards for uh, mechanical systems and the movement of air in an enclosed smoke-filled room. It was the issue very specific to um, uh, 60 cubic feet per minute, which becomes that code and standard, which for me, it's all built around occupancy. It's where there was a deviation in Las Vegas. That's built around how many times the air in the room moves over in an hour. Uh, in my case, it's based upon occupancy, a better standard that actually results in a smaller system, but designed based on occupancy to move sufficient air to modern cigar lounges are certainly not smoked out spaces like they were a long time ago. Uh, I don't know if you ever took an Amtrak train on the East Coast back when they used to have the smoking car, uh, but that was the part of my life in college when I was a cigarette smoker, and you'd go through an air curtain into this cloud. Mm-hmm. It won't be like that, and that's basically by design with the international standards. Where the city hit me, or where the one department hit me ultimately with a hurdle that is a burden that I'm not sure what the solution is, asked me that it to prove that there was no exposure to secondhand THC for the staff. And my immediate response was there is exposure to secondhand THC. Here's how we're going to mitigate glass dome around the workstation so that the team can observe like a lifeguard, a proctor can engage as needed, but most of their shift can be spent in an isolated separate uh, HVAC zone. That is a different air supply and fresh air. Right. So we've already built that in. And uh, the reply, and, and I also asked if there was an equivalent to ta- tobacco uh, that in, when you look at cigar lounges, what is the standard of safe exposure to secondhand nicotine for employees? And the reply was that there is not a, any consideration for that in, in a cigar lounge, though we're making that consideration here for THC. 
Uh, and I was told I'm not looking for you to prove you can mitigate. I'm proving you. I'm asking you to prove it's not there in the first place. They backed away from that standard because it's an unachievable and unreasonable burden. That's the same thing that happened with ASHRAE. It's likely someone asked, how much secondhand nicotine can you be exposed to? And someone realized the simple asking of the question, if the goal is to create this policy and to create a path forward for these types of businesses to exist, then some questions have to be left at the door. And that's one of them. I want to ask about one of the things in as, as you're doing the same thing right there in Colorado. And I mentioned about, we've already talked about Vegas a couple of times. I had a guest on back in October last year, Christopher Laporte, managing partner with Reset Las Vegas and the Thrive. That's who I spoke to last week. Thank you. I just, you know. Yeah. And so he spoke with uh, Channel 3 News in Las Vegas, and he's talking about the cost for this HVAC system that's set up mm-hmm. for something at his venue. So mm-hmm. as he mentions, quote, the HVAC system, there's a requirement to move air every two minutes, basically twice that what a cigar bar or a hookah lounge has to do. And he says it would cost an estimated $400,000 to install the necessary HVAC system to meet the stringent ventilation requirements. And on top of that, a monthly electric bill of $7,000. Jesus, that's a lot. And a lot. for anybody else, I mean, it's an overwhelming cost. But I mean, I don't I, I don't know if it's something where it just feels, if almost feels discriminatory to me to have to come put so much more effort when, well, I mean, I don't know how the other casinos are right now or other venues about smoking what they have in there, even though it's not hospitality in terms of it's just. So here's what happened in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, it's 30 turns per hour is the standard. So you have to turn the air in a lounge, a cannabis lounge once every two minutes. Uh That means the total volume of the room every two minutes needs to be replaced with fresh air under international standards, right? It's supposed to all be fresh air. Um, I have found this path towards recirculated air so that we'll be able to recirculate a portion of that air as long as we can filter it to equal to or better standards. Uh, And that allows us then to build on therms and heat in the winter. It allows us to strip that heat and build on that cooled air in the summer so that we're getting that benefit of recirculating system as far as it comes to the efficiency of operation. And that was the whole whole core of what I've been trying to build. doesn't make the system any cheaper, just makes it at least from an operating standpoint, more efficient to operate. Uh, In Las Vegas, uh, they didn't go by standards based on occupancy. They fixed it to turns, 30 turns per hour. Casinos are CFM, cubic feet per minute, which is based on an occupancy or per person. And there it's 30 CFM per person. So in Denver for my lounge, they're enforcing a 60 cubic feet per minute per person standard or a 20 by 20 by 20 box of air per person per minute is what I need to move because I have low ceilings. It's about once uh, every three minutes. So I'll have 20 turns per hour. And that's just a product of my room. Let's go now to a Las Vegas casino. They're 30 CFM, half the standard of what I have with 40 foot ceilings. And so in my case, I have to turn the room over once every three minutes because I have a 10-foot ceiling. If I had a 20-foot ceiling, I could turn the air over in the room half as often because it's based off occupancy of the footprint, not volume of air in the room. If I had a 40-foot ceiling, I'd be turning the air over in this room once every 15 minutes, once every 12 minutes, uh, or four times an hour, four turns. So the fact that they went with 30 turns for a cannabis hospitality lounge, as opposed to 30 CFM, like you would see with a casino for smoking for tobacco, that is the deviation. Subtle, 
possibly a mistake in committee, something that could easily be fixed, but needs to be fixed now through policy, possibly legislative action, possibly municipal action at the at the city council level, followed by rulemaking and implementation. And there you go, right back to this very circuitous process. Um, but that's where I believe one of the mistakes, if they had gone with a 30 CFM standard, those systems would be maybe half that price that their operation with recirculating air would go from 7,000 a month, maybe down to 1,000, 1,500 a month. That starts to become um, barriers to entry, but not as cost prohibitive, certainly as what Chris describes with 400,000 installation and 7,000 a month in, in operating costs. Both uh, right now, it's you're actually just doing great work in terms of setting up the blueprint. So eventually when legalization comes in and all these other areas that are looking to go into consumption lounges, which are already being set up, we know New York and New Jersey want to have that set up. I've already seen there was a suburban Chicago uh, cafe and bakery setting up the consumption lounge as well. And all these different areas without having to go through the efforts of trying to keep it in an indoor space without having to go through. And, you know, it's not like everybody can be in Florida where they can go and have smoking outdoors and have all these outdoor areas because of the, you know, the climate of where you are in Vegas or Denver. So you have to figure out some other way. And so this is good to have this here. It's like you're basically creating, you know, what would be almost like a, I mean, it's just the right indoor environment that will be applied then for any other state after this is set, said and done, once we get other consumption launches to be allowed, but you'll be the, the front runners of this. I believe what I'm building is something that's then scalable to other jurisdictions and right. big cities that navigating through this uh, big city, small town, a bureaucracy of Denver, it's a, it's still, it's a 750,000 person city, the same size as Boston, not greater Boston, but the city of Boston and Denver are about the same size now. So we have mature bureaucracy here and navigating and refining a path to not just build this, throw this together and say, look, we've built a cannabis lounge. I'm trying to build a business. Uh, yeah. Dealing and recognizing the great uncertainties associated with can and will cannabis hospitality work. A number of people are very certain that it will. A number of people are very certain that it won't. And I'm trying to thread that line by pairing this with an already successful cash flow positive operating business in a hotel, add new appeal and a, a, attraction to the business I already offer, which is the Patterson Inn. The bar is now open for a year. So we're generating new cash flow from having a tavern open in the neighborhood, building right. new relationships with the uh, audience that lives within walking distance. We advertise within a square mile because it's the parents of young people in the heart of Capitol Hill that make up the bulk of my guests in the hotel upstairs. So the bar is cash flowing, paying the mortgage now while also acting as a really fun neighborhood engagement tool to build greater awareness for our target audience. Yeah. It's great work. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to see then 
as the scalability comes into play, finalized, you'll have it there. You already can see where the dispensaries are going to find some way after a while. They're going to want to be able to attach some kind of a lounge with themselves. Those kind of things will happen. Just like how you have alcohol will be sold next to a, you know, a bar. Tasting rooms for bars, right? Oh, the yes. Bathrooms, right? That's the next step. But sure. it's, it's this scalability right here. If, if something can be done that can be streamlined so that other businesses can have this after the consumption lounges, you know, this the idea where to do this in Vegas and to do it where you're doing in Denver, it's wonderful because now you're getting the setup where everybody else is going to want to follow suit. It's going to be a matter of time. By the way, the funding you've gotten so far to be able to get the Patterson up, up I want to make a point. You mentioned this on LinkedIn, a post of appreciation that in a year's time, 373 people to this point have become owners of the business. Uh, and what you did was you got $250,000 of direct support from an emerging growth company, early stage development. And you went and did a start engine campaign, hundred new investors along with the 273 that were previously camping on Republic, all that together over $56,000 raised from all this together. And so the cost of funding for those that want to be a part of this effort too, and also be a shareholder in the desk ever. Talk to me about that. Uh, no current campaigns running, but we did right. again, raise just about 250,000 in the first 12 months of, of offering um, equity opportunities within in the company through the crowdfund space did a campaign on Republic and a campaign on start engine and looking to do another campaign going forward. It's time now to bring the next reviewed financials. But what I'm really excited about and proud of about the first year of, of our capital campaign is, you know, this was all done off of the uh, inception financials for the 420 hotels from April of 2021, its first month of operation, which simply showed its startup costs, which were a few thousand dollars in fees. I didn't yet show any of the transactions, though they are uh, included in our form C's that have been filed with the SEC through the two campaigns that show the transaction that show the 420 Hotels owns the Patterson Inn, 12 Spirits Tavern, and is the partner with me on the, the cannabis license. Uh, that's all fully disclosed. But when it comes to a reviewed financial that shows that, that hasn't happened yet. That's in the works right now. We're starting that process right now. I've been working with the bookkeeper to consolidate uh, the financials for the 420 hotels that now memorializes its ownership of the hotel, its cash flow, its revenue, and its assets. Uh, so that's now um, happened and moving to the next level, which sets us up for another crowdfund opportunity, which I'm hopeful will happen before the end of this year. Um, but that's this will be the first time, you know, right now, zero assets, zero liabilities, and still 370 plus investors joined us, brought $250,000 in startup capital to the, the part of this business that, you know, is beyond its core operating hotel and has moved us into this new space around licensing and design and build out an HVAC and the schooling it's taken to become proficient enough in this topic to navigate through the, the policy side or the rulemaking side as we now push to open. Uh, so there's another campaign in our future, but the next campaign will show that the Patterson is a $3 million asset, a hotel. Yes, we have liabilities and debt in the form of our primary mortgage and some financing. Uh, yes, we have revenue. And so this emerging growth company with a few hundred investors, that's just starting down its path of growth and building in the emerging growth space, which I designed this company to, to, to build through. Uh, we're now uh, an asset. We're now revenue. We're now operating. 
and Patterson is 10 years old. I've had it. My five-year anniversary is coming up tomorrow. Congratulations. Uh, Whenever you share this, but you know, I'm I'm five years now. That's, uh, you know, we've gotten past those hurdles. How many businesses make it this far? No, no. With everything you've done, Chris, like I said, setting the trend and putting a bar up there so that, you know, again, I like that you're looking to build that better mousetrap. And again, I'm like I said, in the last year, been able to get to the approval, get get to where things are, where now you have the bar out there. You're going to work things more to even make more amenities available for those at the Patterson Inn in Denver, Colorado. And then on top of that, you know, the outreach you're getting because Las Vegas is not that far away. They want to be able to do, replicate some of the same ideas you're doing over there, but you started it first. Thank you for being on and letting us know about it. Let me show you and just sure. share one cannabis moment for a guest in my hotel that I believe I okay. offer that any other tasting room concept or cannabis hospitality concept will lack. Okay. Your trip's over. You're getting ready. You're packed. You're ready to leave your room. Uh, your ride to the airport is figured out. However, you'll get there. And you look in your hand and you open up that little uh, case that you purchased at the dispensary and you have one more dog walker left. You're not going out of your way to go to this place, out of your way to have that last dog walker. Most might just go outside and smoke it there on the curb, waiting for an Uber or their cab. Hopefully no one cares off to the side. We found these friendly options. But if you're staying in a hotel that offers this type of safe space as an amenity to your experience, and you were the discerning customer that was shopping for a cannabis experience, then my intimate boutique hotel offers you a convenience right downstairs where you'll take that last dog walker, maybe buy one more beverage and enjoy those last few tokes before you get your ride to the airport. And that is an amenity to overnight hospitality that I think just pairs well and is the type of cannabis-based experience that will make my destination, I believe, unique compared to the other uh, market presentations around cannabis hospitality right now. Wonderful. So let's go and just wrap things up real quick and uh, let me mention for our listeners how they can go ahead and make reservations if they want to right now to go visit the Patterson Inn in Colorado and also keep in touch with future funding opportunities to be a shareholder. What should they do, Chris? Pattersonin.com. Uh, we won an award for one of the best hotels last year here in Colorado. Proud of that. Uh, so our core business is sound. Uh, look for Da Vinci or or Royale, two of my guest rooms that have private patios. I cannot imply or express consent, uh, but it opens a space for adults to make you know responsible decisions. Uh, we have a courtyard that's accessible to all guests uh, where you can take your drink from the bar. Um, please, if you decide to make a decision out there, we may have to come and engage because we can't imply or express or allow. Um, but these are the types of you know realities that we, you know, the world is starting to uh, offer. Uh, and you might see where I'm going with that, right? Uh, solutions that may um, already be and present themselves as available as we're moving towards now this indoor license space. The license space becomes something more exclusive, more unique, and more all season. And I do believe scalable. So the 420 hotels, T-H-E 420 hotels with an S.com, the 420 hotels.com. 
pattersonin.com. Uh, Pattersonin is open. 10 year anniversary uh, was last November. My five year anniversary is now right here at the end of May of 23 as we move into the next chapter. And the 420 Hotels is a great place to keep up on some of the news that we've been generating, as well as a link to our annual report, which shows now our consolidated financials, assets, and revenue, and is uh, also the link that will uh, be available to, to steer people towards campaigns that will launch here in the future. Chris, thanks so much for being on with us as always. And, and for listeners, if you didn't get a chance to catch it, uh, you can also find it at CannabisRadio.com. Chris actually also had a great feature interview with Bethany Moore over at NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, uh, talking about the emerging industry of cannabis tourism and licensed hospitality. Go ahead and look for that episode. It's already up right now. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, look at that. And as always, Chris, thanks for being on with us. Really appreciate you taking time out. And let's continue to follow your journey on this and see where things go over, uh, down the line. Please, thank you for the time today. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.